Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and welcome to another episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. I am your host, Arthenius Jackson Colvin, a.k.a. Arthenius J. Colvin with One Touch Transformation, and I would like to thank you for tuning in for another episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. I hope that you've had a wonderful Tuesday. I hope your week is off to a great start. I'm just delighted to be before you again just to share some good news about our Savior. Again, I am with One Touch Transformation, which is a nonprofit organization where our mission is to educate the community about sexual abuse while encouraging and empowering all victims and survivors. So if this is your first time tuning in, just want to share a little bit about my excuse me, about myself as well as the nonprofit organization. So One Touch Transformation was started in January 2014, so almost 10 years ago. Yay! So we started the organization almost 10 years ago as a way of raising awareness as well as educating our community, our faith-based organizations about sexual abuse because, as we all know, it is a very, very taboo subject, and it's also something that has been going on for years and years but not have been talked about, especially in our faith-based community. So one of my biggest goals and biggest missions was to in our churches because, of course, it is something that has been swept under the rug, yet it has been going on and manifesting for years. Um, it's one of those subjects that, you know, that happens in the family, but we don't talk about it because what happens in our family stays in our family or what happens in these four walls stays in our four walls. And it's, it's also been, you know, just an epidemic that's been ruining communities and churches and different congregations because no one wants to hold these people accountable. And if we're honest, a lot of these perpetrators, they, you know, look like you and me. They are leaders, they are deacons, they are ministers, they are pastors, they are family members, so grandfathers, fathers, mothers, uncles, aunts and uncles. So as the statistic says, 97% of victims know their perpetrator. So usually it is someone that they know, someone that they're familiar with, either a family member or either a friend of the family. And so these are conversations and different um, things that we like to talk about whenever we are going into the community because a lot of people are just not aware of the education part of it or not even aware of the effects that it has on people along with sexual abuse victims and survivors. And like I said, people are not aware of it, how it just can enter into your adulthood if it's not dealt with at an, uh, as a child. And so the organization was started simply off of my story of overcoming childhood sexual abuse. So almost 30 years ago, I was uh, molested by my uncle, and I never said anything about it. I was silent for years and was just afraid, ashamed, embarrassed, and just scared to say anything about it. So I kept silent. I honestly did not know how to share it, if I'm honest. I didn't know how to begin to share it or what to say, who to tell, because, like I said, it was something that we just didn't talk about. I had never heard of anyone else um, dealing with 
sexual abuse or even heard of anyone in the family or at church who ever shared their story. So, of course, I wasn't going to share mine. I'm like, okay, this is something that we don't talk about. So, hey, I'm going to keep solid myself. So I remained solid for years and just never said anything about it. But as I grew up, it, it began to weigh on me. There were different things that I began to indulge in that was just not healthy for me mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And it wasn't until I finally went to counseling and therapy that I discovered that my sexual abuse was affecting my adulthood. And I shared the story with them or shared with them what had happened. And, of course, they were, you know, lost for worse because they had no idea that I had been dealing with all of that trauma, that I've been carrying all of that. It was one of the hardest things that I had ever done, but it was so worth it. It was one of the greatest decisions that I had ever made, you know, sharing my story, telling someone. And so I am such a huge advocate for, you know, victims and survivors to share their story because it, it will help. It will help. It doesn't make it go away. It may not make you feel all the way good, but I guarantee it will help you. And, and it's like it, it lifts some weight off of your shoulders because it's like the more that I continue to share my story, the better I felt. Um, I, I was grateful for the counselors that I spoke with. I was grateful for the group therapy that I attended. So I am so heavy on you know, letting people know that it is okay to get help. It is okay to go to therapy. It is okay to seek counseling because God placed them here for a reason. I mean, every every minister, every leader is not a counselor, and that is okay. Know your elements. Know what you're capable of. Know your boundaries. And if you are a spiritual leader and that is not, you know, your forte, it is okay to admit that I am not mad at you. But do know the resources that are available in your area so that you can help your congregation because there are so many people that are hurting, that are silently hurting in the congregations that have not dealt with the pain of their past. And so I want to encourage you, if you are listening, that it is okay to get help. It is okay to seek counseling. It is okay to do all of that and still be a spiritual person and still be a believer. Because, like I said, God placed them here for a reason. And so that is what One Touch Transformation is all about, one, and so all about. But that's one of our major focuses, you know, raising awareness and educating people about it, the prevention side of it. Because I do not want any child or anyone, you know, for that matter, to be um, abused. And I know that it happens everywhere. It's not a male or female thing. It's not a gender thing. It doesn't matter who you are. It's not a, um, it doesn't matter if you're black or if you're white. So it's not a race. It doesn't matter how much money you have. So it has nothing to do with your socioeconomic status. Poor people are raped. Rich people are raped. So it it happens to all types of people. And we, we just have to do our part. Even if you have never been affected by it, you know, firsthand, we've all had some kind of effect on it because it affects each and every one of us, you know, whether it's directly or indirectly, because we all have to associate with one another, communicate with one another, interact with one another. So somewhere down the line, it will affect us all. And so we just have to make sure that we're doing our part as, as a, you know, as a humanitarian, just making sure that we are caring for the well-being of people in general, and especially our victims and our survivors. We want to make sure that we are supporting them. And so that's one of the biggest things that 
individuals can do as a community, as a, as a church, as an organization, is to show that support. And you may not know exactly what to do. You may not know exactly what to say. But just showing up and being there and learning ways of how you can help and how you can help educate and prevent this epidemic, you know, from, from continuing to spread as it has been. No, we may not be able to stop it completely, but we all can play a role and, and, and like I said, play, play our part. We have a part that we all can play. And so um, one organization that is extremely helpful within, you know, the nation with um, the United States is RAIN. It's one of the largest organizations that supports survivors, survivors and not only just supports survivors and helps survivors, but it also gives some great um, information on how you can help support survivors, and that's the Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network. I'm um, actually a part of the Speakers Bureau for RAIN, so that's R-A-I-N-N, it stands for Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network. Like I said, it's one of the largest nonprofit organizations for um, those who have been abused. And so you can find so much information on how you can help and support, and even the ones within your community because you can go to the website and you can type in where you live, put in the zip code, and it will bring up the, the closest rape crisis centers in your area. And so, and that's for those who may need to talk with someone or if you're willing to support and support the people within your community. So that's R-A-I-N-N dot org. And like I said, you can find so much information up there of what you can do, how you can help, and how you can be of service within your community and of service of victims and, you know, those who just need support. I mean, it, it, there are so many that just need help and just need that support. Um, the sexual abuse hotline is 1-800-656-4673. one 656 Four six seven three, and even if you don't want to talk with anyone over the phone, you know, verbally, vocally, even when you're on the rain.org, it gives you the option to chat, so you can, you know, talk on the computer or through your cell phone, or if you Google sexual abuse hotline, you can chat that way. So there, you know, some options being that we live in this technological age. So <laughs> there's more than one way that we can communicate, more than one way that we can get help. And, you know, I'm just grateful for where we are now, especially when we're talking about our technology, how much we have grown, because we have come a long way, and, and that just enables everyone to, to help in a better way. And I'm grateful for that because I know what it's like to feel alone. I know what it's like to feel like no one understands and no one cares. And when you feel like no one is out there to help you, but there is help. So if you know anyone who may need these resources, please share it. Share it on your page. Share it however, you know, however you can just to be that that extra support system that victims and survivors need. I'm sure there's someone who may be scrolling through the timeline, and if they see it, then it's like, oh, man, there's help out there. And so, um, yeah, so that's what One Touch Transformation is, our sexual abuse awareness. And just, you know, not only just focusing on the negative side of it, but um, one of the greatest things that I love to talk about of why I started One Touch Transformation is what it has done for my life, how it has transformed my life how it has made me stronger, how it has made me even better. You know, it was that one touch that transformed my life for the better. You know, it could have gone uh, the other way, 
And I'm not saying that my life has been beautiful all the time. It's been great and, and, and pretty like the butterfly. But no, I had to go through this before I was even transformed into who I am today. And it took the strength of God. It took his, his love. It took his, it, it, his power in, in order for me to be transformed, in order for me to do what I do now, in order to speak boldly and courageously like I do now. I couldn't do this 10 years ago. But I can now, and and it's all because of God. And, you know, and I give him all glory because it's nothing that I'm doing on my own. I've never done it on my own. It's always been because of his strength. It's all been because of his peace and his love and joy that I have whenever I'm, I'm able to talk about it. And so I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for who God is, what he has done, what he's continued to do in my life. And I just want to share the goodness of him and, and what he has done because I know that there are others who are still suffering and, and waiting for God to deliver them and give them true freedom because the Bible tells us when the son is made free, he is free indeed. And so my desire for others is to experience, you know, true freedom, experience true joy. You know, the joy that God gives, no one can take it away. We can't allow the world, we can't allow any man, woman, or any obstacle to take away our joy because the joy that he gives to us is like none other. Like you say, joy, unspeakable joy. And then the peace of God, I'm telling you, I could have lost my mind. Like the things that I've gone through, the things that I've experienced, how I have felt emotionally, how I have felt mentally, but God still had mercy upon me and gave me his peace. There is nothing like the peace of God. And it is so true when he tells you if you keep your mind on him, he will keep you in perfect peace. And I can peace, and I can say tonight I am in perfect peace. And I'm not saying that everything has always been great and everything is even great right now, but I can tell you that I have peace. I have the peace of God, and it surpasses all understanding. So even in the midst of how the things that I've experienced mentally, I still have the peace of God. People may not understand how you're able to go through what you go through, but it's all because of the peace of God. Even in the midst of chaos, through the misunderstanding, the things that are going on around this world, <laughs> hey, God can still give you the peace that you need, and it surpasses, again, all understanding. And that's what my relationship has done for me. I can't speak about anyone else's story, anyone else's experience, or anyone else's relationship as far as when it comes to them with God, but I can only talk about mine. And because of him, I was able to get married, you know. Last year, I was able to get married. And that was one of the biggest things that I never thought would happen because of my past. But thank God. He is so good. He is so merciful. Oh, my goodness. I can just go on and on. As you can see, it's been about 15 minutes, and I'm still talking about the goodness of God. But, you know, he has done so much for me, and, and I truly cannot tell it all. I, I, you know, I only have an hour up here tonight, and I'm, I'm supposed to be giving you some encouragement. But as you can see and as you can hear, when I begin to think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done, I can't help but think of it. Well, I'm going to say sing of his praises, but tell of his praises, but he has been good. But I don't want to prolong the time. don't want to prolong the time. I do want to go ahead and encourage those of you who are listening. So, again, thank you for tuning in. If at any time you would like to come on and comment and share, if you are listening online, 319-527-6091. Again, that number is 319 527 
6091 and just press the number one. If you are already listening by phone, just press the number one and we'll be more than happy to bring you on the line to share. Alrighty, so let's jump right into it. All right, so I'm going to be speaking to you from the book of First Samuel, First Samuel, and the first chapter. So let's go to First Cha- First Samuel, chapter one, and we're going to begin at verse ten, and we're going to go to thirteen. And it reads, "And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore." And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. And we're going to stop right there, and I want to read the 13th verse again because that's what I want to focus on for now. It says, now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. And I'm going to pause right there. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. And it says she spake in her heart. So the reason why I chose these verses and chose this particular story, um, maybe you're familiar with the story of Hannah, but if you are familiar with the story of Hannah, and in case you're not, just know that Hannah, she prayed a very sincere prayer, very sincere prayer, which is why it said she spake in her heart, meaning she really prayed from the heart. It was coming from within that her lips didn't even have to move. Her lips didn't have to move. And so what makes it even more interesting, let's go to the message version because I like to go back and forth because, you know, sometimes it breaks it down breaks it breaks it down in today's terms terms so that you can really get the gist of it. All right, so it says so so Anna so Hannah ate, then she pulled herself together, slipped away quietly and entered the sanctuary. The priest Eli was on duty at the entrance to God's temple in the customary seat. Crushed in soul. Oh my goodness. When I read that, crushed in soul. Now, the King James Version, it says um, she was in bitterness of soul. You know, both versions just let you know how much she was hurting. So we have bitterness and soul, and then here it says crushed in soul. Man, she, she, this lady was hurting. So it says, Crushed in soul, Hannah prayed to God and cried and cried inconsolably. Then she made a vow. O God of the angel army, if you will take a good, hard look at my pain. She wanted God to really, you know, look within her, even though God already knew what she was feeling, knew how she was feeling, knew how hurt she was. But she said, if you'll take a good, 
hard look at my pain, if you'll quit neglecting me and go into action for me. So right here, she feels like God is neglecting her. It's like, why are you not paying me any attention? But she's like, if you'll, you know, stop neglecting me, if you'll really start paying attention, paying attention to this hurt that I'm feeling, this pain that's going on the inside. She said, if you'll quit neglecting me and go into action for me by giving me a son, I'll give him completely, unreservedly to you. I'll set him apart for a life of holy discipline. It so happened that as she continued in prayer before God, Eli was watching her closely. Hannah was praying in her heart silently. Her lips moved, but no sound was heard. Again, her lips moved, but no sound was heard. The King James Version said only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. And so if you haven't heard the story of Hannah, if you're not familiar with the story of Hannah, you're like, why is she so bitter? Why is she in so much pain? Why is she just crying her heart out? Well, just a little backstory on Hannah. Well, Hannah was the first wife of Elkanah, and, you know, he had a second wife. So as I said, she was the first wife, and he ended up marrying another woman. So Elkanah had two wives. So she was the first wife of Elkanah, and you'll find that um, in the second verse where it says, and he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Peninnah. And the reason why Hannah was so crushed in soul or bitter, had bitterness in her soul because she had no children. She could not give her husband children. She was barren. And every year that they would go up to worship, that old second wife was just taunting her. Like, <laughs> I have children and you don't. I was able to give our husband children, but you haven't. I mean, just imagine. Like, I don't know what it feels like, but just kind of empathize with Hannah. Here you are. You know, it may feel like you're competing with this other wife. I mean, first of all, I couldn't even deal with the fact of being a second wife or, you know, no, today, in today's time, I don't know too many women who want to be in Hannah's shoes or, you know, have the experience of being a part of, you know, how they have the whole sister wives. Um, No offense to anyone, but that's not me. But can you just imagine, number one, what it's like as a woman to have to share your husband? So first of all, I'm sharing a husband with another woman. Second of all, I haven't been able to give my husband children. And then third of all, (laughs) this other wife, she keeps taunting me. She keeps picking on me. She keeps bringing it up like, look, I already know that I can't have children. You do not have to throw it up in my face. And and this is something that you are doing constantly. You do not have to continue to remind me the state that I'm in. But you just feel like it's so necessary to do this to me. And I know it's out of jealousy because Elkanah knew that she was barren, so favored her a little more. You know, he tried to make sure that she was taken care of because I'm sure he understood that she felt 
some type of way or felt a little inadequate as a, a woman that she couldn't provide him with children. So he still made sure that she was okay. He looked after her because it was in verse 5, in the first chapter, it says, but unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. So he knew that she was a little upset, was crushed, had a little bitter, had a little bitterness. So he, he favored her. He gave her a little more. But that otherwise, she did not like that. And so her way of getting back at him was to taunt her. Oh. I see you getting a little more favor from our husband, but let me remind you, I'm the one who has children. I'm the one who was able to get some children, but but you haven't been able to. And so she was being taunted by this woman or by, you know, this wife and this other wife that she shared with her husband. And, oh, my goodness. No wonder she was so bitter. No wonder she was so pained and and crushed. But you know what? She did not allow how she felt or she didn't allow what her enemy or what this other woman or this other wife did to her. It did not change, you know, her prayer that she sent up to God. And so what I want to really focus on is the attitude and the motive when it came to Hannah's prayer, she still had the right attitude. She still had the right motive when she went to prayer to God. Now, she was crushed. She was hurting. She had a lot of pain. And I know sometimes in life we experience a lot of pain. We experience hardship. People are not always too kind to us. People may say things to us that are not so nice. People will do things to us that are not so nice, and it may put us in a oof, a hurtful state. And sometimes it may even want us to seek revenge, but remember that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So we cannot seek vengeance even when we want to, even when we feel like it. Because I know sometimes it feels good, like, ooh, if I could just get back at him, or ooh, if I could just get back at her, because I do not like the way she made me feel. I do not appreciate what she did to me, or what she even did to my family member, or what she did to my friend. If I could just, ooh, if I could just get back at her. Like, if we pray some some, <laughs> some vengeance, vengeful prayers, ooh. But Hannah didn't do that. Hannah did not do that. Hannah knew how she felt, and Hannah knew what she wanted. It did not stop her from praying to God for her miracle. And then what I like about what Hannah prayed, when she prayed, she's like, you know what? If you bless me with this, if you bless me with this son, with this man child, I will offer him back to you. Like, that is my motive. That is my motive. Like, there was nothing else behind it. It was very sincere, which is why she didn't even have to open up her mouth. No words came out. She knew what was within her heart, and God knew what was within her heart. So I'd ask you tonight, what's within your heart whenever you're praying? Like, what is your attitude? What are your motives? And I'm not talking about when things are just going bad, but when things are not going so bad. Like, the things that we pray for, the things that we, we yearn for, the things that we petition to God, like, what is our attitude behind it, and what is our true motive? 
Like, do we have good intentions or are we praying for certain things just so we can brag about or are we praying for certain things that we can just show off? Like, what are our true intentions? What is your motive behind your prayer? And what is your attitude? Hopefully, hopefully you have a a sincere, a contrite heart, uh, you know, broken where you're going to him. Like, he doesn't need a boastful attitude or an angry attitude, even though we may feel upset. Yes, we get upset when things are not going the way that we want it to go. Yes, we get upset when people say things or do things to us that are not of God, and we feel like because we are a child of God, we have a right to just, oof, you know, go in prayer with aggression. And, and, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't feel that way because those are true feelings. Those are true emotions. We do get upset. We do get angry. We do get frustrated. We do get a bad attitude because we're in this body. Where what's your attitude? And what are your motives? And think about it. Hannah had every right, <laughs> or I would say every reason, to have a bad attitude from the get-go. Because, like I said, number one, Elkanah decided to get a second wife because Hannah was the first wife, so she came first. And so um, I can only conclude that because she was not able to have children, Elkanah went out and got a second wife. So think about, like, let's put ourselves in Hannah's shoes. So Elkanah married Hannah. And so they're trying, they're trying, and trying, and trying, and they're not able to have children. And so Elkanah being, you know, being a man, every man wants to pass on their seed so that they can continue the legacy and have generation after generation. And so he's with Hannah. Hannah's not producing, or they're not reproducing. She's not producing anything. So it's like, okay, guess I'll go out and get a second wife. So think about how Hannah felt. Like, it's like getting somebody else to do your job when it's not even your fault that you can't even do it. I mean, the psychology behind it, the emotional hurt, the things that you were feeling, oh, my goodness, even just when I think about it, it just, I can't, when I emphasize, it's like, man, that's got to be so hurtful. So it's no wonder her soul was crushed. It's no wonder it was a bitterness of soul because here I am. I am a woman. I have been designed to bear children. The Lord was the one that closed up her womb or called her to be barren. So here I am as a woman who has been created to bear children. I cannot bear children for my husband, and so my husband has to go and get another woman to do something that I can't do, and it's not even my fault, you know? What did I do to deserve this? But yet she maintains a good attitude. She maintains a good attitude. It does not change her attitude towards God. Oh, how many times have we gotten upset or wanted to, you know, be upset with God when something wasn't even our fault? Mm. You know, it, it it wasn't my fault that I had to in, endure abuse. It wasn't my fault that I had to deal with the effects of abuse. It wasn't your fault that you had to deal with the trauma. It wasn't your fault that you had to deal with the effects of the trauma. It wasn't your fault. But what, 
was your attitude towards God? And for each individual, maybe it was different because everyone's experience is different, especially when we're talking about trauma. So I'm not here to bash you. I'm not here to tell you that you were wrong for feeling the way that you felt or dealing with the emotions that you had to deal with. I'm By all means, I'm not here to tell you that it was wrong for you to feel that way or feel some type of way or be upset or to be angry. I get it. Trust me, I get it. When things happen to you and it's not even your fault, yes, it makes you feel upset. It makes you feel some type of way because it's like, well, what can I do to deserve this? I didn't hurt anyone. I didn't do anything. I didn't ask for this. But yet it still happened to me. So how do you expect me to feel? Like, how am I even supposed to feel towards God? You're talking about my attitude, but, man, but Hannah, her attitude did not change towards God at all. I mean, not at all. She still prayed to God. She still went up to, to worship him every year as it was a part of their, their tradition and their custom. She went up every year with her husband, year after year, knowing that she was still there, knowing that she couldn't do what her body was created to do, knowing that her husband went out and got a second wife so that he can give him, uh, you know, give him what he wanted, knowing that this other wife taunted her year after year, rubbed it all in her face, but yet her attitude never changed towards God. She still went to God in prayer. I don't know about you, but that is encouragement for me because question why? Why me? How long do I have to endure this? Why do I have to endure this? Why does this have to happen to me? Why does why I gotta be the one? So that lets me know my attitude. God cannot change. I still had to pray to God. I still pray to God, even when I have my defeating days, even when I still feel emotional where my mind goes back to those dark moments and those dark times. My attitude towards God it cannot change. It cannot change. And then I have to look at my emotions. Got to look at my motive. What is my whole reason for praying? Why am I really petitioning to God? Why am I really asking him for these things? And I don't know what you've been asking God for. I don't know what you've been petitioning him for. But why? Why? And hopefully, hopefully we all have the right motive. But we know, you know, that there are always going to be some people with the wrong motive because people are cunning. Whether they're spiritual or, or non-spiritual, you have cunning people. But let's look again at Hannah's motive. So, of course, initially we know, or quite naturally, we know, hey, I want to be able to give a child to my husband. But that wasn't her. That wasn't her real motive. That was not her real motive. But at first, this was her motive. She said, and she bowed about and said, "Oh Lord, if thou would indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thee handmaid and man child, then I will give unto him, I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life." So she's like, "Lord, if you, you if you bless me with this son, I will give him back to you. That's my only motive. That's my mo." I mean, what more could God ask for? It's very sincere. 
And sometimes we may find ourselves making vows and may not uphold our end of the vow. And like, oh, well, we may not do it, you know, perfectly. I, I understand we are human. Like, Lord, if you deliver me out of this, <laughs> I'll do X, Y, Z. Like, how many times have you said that, Lord, do it for me just this one time? Or do this for me again? Please, Lord, I won't get into this situation again. But what is, what is our true motive? And so, and, and this is just a, it's a self-reflection. We've got to take inventory of our lives. We've got to take inventory of our attitudes. We've got to, you know, like I said, check your attitude. We've got to check our attitude first whenever we go on before God. Like, how are we going before him? Are we going before him sincere? Are we going before him, you know, with open heart? You know? It's not, not, it's not anything just to play around with. We're talking about going to prayer and God. It's nothing to just play around with. But we've got to be sincere, like, for real. Because see, he already knows our heart. So he knows if we're just coming to him just to get something out of the deal or see what we can get out of it. Because that, that's not how it works. That's not how it's supposed to work. But we're supposed to go to him with a sincere heart. So it's like, okay, what's your at? First of all, check your attitude. What is it that you need? What is it that you're longing for? What is it that you're petitioning for? How are you coming? How are you coming towards me? Like, come, come to me straight, you know? Don't come to me with no. No mess. Like, I don't, I don't do that. God's like, I don't do that. I mean, I know you might be full of mess, you might, and I, that's fine. But don't come to me, you know, just any type of way. Like, come come to me for real. Come to me for real. Because when we're talking about prayer, it is, and, and, I, and I know we all may pray to God differently. And, and there are different times when, you know, when we are really Seeking God in prayer and that versus just our everyday thank thank you prayer life. Thank you for another day. God, thank you for your protection. And even as we pray when we're traveling to and fro, but I'm talking about when we're really petitioning God for a miracle or petitioning God for a healing, petitioning God for deliverance. Like how are you going to him? What is your attitude? And what is the real motive behind it? Like God already knows. He already knows your motive. So he, if he knows your motive ain't in the right place, you know, maybe he'll do it. And I don't know, maybe he won't. I don't know. I'm not God, so I can't even really say if he'll do it or if he won't. But I do know that he knows your motive. And, you know, sometimes God will allow it to still happen even if you don't have the right motive because he's going to see how far you're going to go before you hate yourself or before you have to come back and say, ooh, you know, and then you have to check yourself again. So I can't even really say that God won't bless you or God won't answer your prayer if you have the wrong motive because he He will. He will. But it, it's up to him. He, he does as he pleases. He does what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, you know, whenever he wants. So bless your budget, but, but really, what is your motive? And we've got to get to that place. We have the motive. Like Hannah, we may not have the exact same motive. I'm not saying that we have to have the exact same motive, but our motive should be, you know, in a sense where we want God to get the glory, you know. Hannah knew that it was going to take a miracle, and and a miracle that can only be performed by God. God had closed up her womb, and it was going to take God to open her womb because you know, as far as I know, as far as I know, you know, when 
when God created, you know, man and woman in creation, when he made the woman, he made us a little different. He made us choose produce children or, you know, bear children, I should say, bear children. So as far as I know, the way it's supposed to be, every woman is supposed to bear children. And so God chose Hannah. He chose Hannah and chose the the prayer of Hannah to be a demonstration of what our attitude and how our motives should be when we petition God. Everything that we go to God for, I mean, we should always have the right attitude and, and have the right motives. Well, and, and even if you don't have this, you know, elaborate motive or if your motive doesn't sound like him, if anything, my prayer, my sincere prayer and my sincere motive is, you know, just for God to get the glory. God to be glorified. And everything that I say and everything that I do and every song that I sing and every man, woman, boy, and girl that I help, God, I just want you to get the glory. Because what happens a lot of times, our motives, it, it turns into, you know, wanting that self-gratification, wanting to be promoted, wanting to be recognized, you know, and it's not about that. It is not about that. It's all about the glory of God. And when I first started sharing my, sharing my story of overcoming childhood sexual abuse, I've always wanted it to be about the glory of God because I realized that there are others who have not shared their story. And I've always said that, you know, my story is for his glory. It's not about me has not been about me and never will be. Yes, it's my story, but it is for his glory. Everything that we endure, everything that we've already gone through, we all have a testimony. We've all have experienced hardship. We've, we've experienced hard times. We've gone through some things that have tried to break us, that have tried to defeat us. But guess what? It didn't because we are more than conquerors. Why? Because of him. And when we share our testimonies, when we share our stories, it's all pointed back up at him for his glory, all for his glory, not for self-gratification, not for self-promotion, but, you know, we're all, we're all only supposed to be promoting Jesus, promoting the good news, the gospel, what he has done, who he is, and and what he is capable of doing. That's what it's all about. That's our motive for him to get the glory. And, and you know, that's my overall motive. That is my overall motive. And so tonight I pray that you, you know, do some self-reflection. I admonish you. I admonish you tonight, those of you who are listening, I admonish you that as you go into petition, as you petition your prayers into God going forward, whatever it may be, I don't know what you need. I don't know what you need even this very moment. I don't know what you need, whether it be healing, whether it be deliverance, whether it be breakthrough, whether it be freedom, uh, whatever the miracle may be, whatever the miracle may be, salvation, whatever it is, 
I admonish you first to check your attitude. What is your attitude towards God? Are you going to allow the cares of the world? Are you going to allow people? Are you going to allow obstacles to change your attitude toward God? No. Nothing shall separate us from his love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So why should we allow anything to separate us from the love of God? We already know how he feels about us. So how dare we change the way we feel about him? I know it hurts. Life hurts. Life isn't easy. Life isn't glamorous. Life isn't, you know, as they say, Peter's and cream. But does that mean my attitude towards God changes just because someone hurt me? No, God didn't hurt me. God didn't say those things about me. God says, so I don't care what people say. I don't care what people do. What does God say? Who does God say you are? So, again, check your attitude towards God when you're going into prayer, when you're petitioned. And what is your motive? Why do you want to accept God as your Savior? Why do you want to be saved? Why do you want to be healed? Why do you want to be delivered besides the obvious? I know, because I'm tired. I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of going through. Why do you want to be set free? Promotion, self-gratification. Why do you want these blessings? Is it for self-promotion, self-gratification, or is it for God's glory? At this time, I'm going to have a call to salvation. You know, I've been talking about petitioning and petitioning our prayers to God and these things that we're asking from God. And, and I pray that someone is asking or petitioning God to come into his or her life. Like, why? And some may ask, why do we need to be saved? Why do we need to seek salvation? Why do I need Christ in my life? I can give you a thousand reasons, but, you know, but if I had to choose the most important reason besides the obvious that we have eternal life, because he does tell us in John three sixteen, for God sent in the world and he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So that's what, that's our reward in the end. So, but I'm not talking about, you know, then, I'm talking about now. Why do I need Christ in my life? So let me tell you why you need Christ in your life. Let me see my reasons. Whenever you receive Christ, when you receive the Holy Ghost, or some call the Holy Spirit, it's a comforter. It is the thing that, or it is the Spirit, the gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is that gift that leads you and guides you, that gives you the discerning spirit of, of who to avoid, what to avoid. It's the spirit. It's what, you know, it's telling you. It's what helps you. It's what strengthens you. It's what gives you the love that you need, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the gentleness, the meekness, the goodness, the faith, all of that. It's a huge gift wrapped up all into one. And so you might ask, okay, so what do I have to do to receive this gift? doesn't matter who you are, where you are. doesn't matter what you've done because we serve a God who forgives. He will cleanse you from all 
earned righteousness from all of your wrongdoing. doesn't matter who you are, how long you've been doing it. Guess what? You can create, you can have a clean slate tonight. Someone asked a question. He said, um, what must I do to be saved? Like, what do I have to do? He tells us, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead and you shall be saved and you shall receive power after which the Holy Ghost. And that's the power that we need from day to day, the power that we need to get through obstacles and hardships. And so if you're ready to receive that power, if you're ready to receive the gift, the greatest gift, the greatest gift of all, all you have to do is confess. And if you're ready to confess, pray with me. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. Father, we love you. Father, we confess tonight that you are Lord. We confess that we have done wrong. We confess that we have sinned. We confess that we have not always done it right. Lord, we believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross, and he rose. God, we believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. God, we believe in the power, of, in the resurrection power. God, we ask that you just save us tonight. Enter into our hearts in the name of Jesus. God, give us a sincere prayer. Give us a sincere heart as you did with him. God, we ask that you manifest your power within us. Touch every man, woman, boy, and girl who may be listening tonight. God, I ask that you send your power in the name of Jesus. Lord, whatever the petitions may be tonight, God, I ask that you meet the needs. God, whether it be healing whether it be deliverance, whether it be miracles, whether it be breakthrough, whether it be freedom. Oh, God, I ask that you touch right now. God, I ask you to free your people in the name of Jesus. Free your people from the pain of the past. Free your people from past traumatic experiences. Free your people from sicknesses. Oh, God, free free your people from heartache, oh, God. God, I ask you to free your people in the name of Jesus from anxiety. Oh, God, free your people from depression in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, that you may get the glory, God, in everything that you do. God, get the glory through your healing. Get the glory through your deliverance. Get the glory, oh, God, from your miracles. Get the glory, oh, God, and from everything that you perform in our lives, everything that you allow us to do, Father, we give you the glory. Everything that you have allowed us to do up until this time, God, we give you glory. God, we realize that it's not about us, but it's all about you. God, it's not about us. It's all about you getting the glory. God, we know that no man gets the glory, but you get all the glory in everything that we do. And, Father, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for it. Each and every one who's listening, God, I pray for everyone who's a part of Purpose Kingdom Network. God, I pray that you bless them, bless the families, oh God, bless everyone who's connected to us. 
God, I ask you to bless those who are in office and authority. Lord, you see the things that are going on, that are going on locally and, and nationally. God, we ask that you direct the people who are in leadership roles. Oh, God, we know the things that they say, the decisions that they make affect the people. Oh, God, we ask that you direct them, oh, God. Oh, God, we ask hide us under under your, your protection from all of the shootings that have been going on. God, we ask that you continue to protect us. God, bless those who are who are mourning the loss of loved ones. God, we ask you to bless those and heal those that are in the hospitals, those that are in the nursing homes. God, those that are in the prisons. God, we ask you to even visit them because, God, we know that you care about everyone. And, Father, we ask that you just continue to be with us throughout this night. Watch over us. Watch over us throughout this week. Oh, God, help us in the name of Jesus, because, Lord, we are depending on you. We are trusting in you. God, there is no other one that we can lean on, no other one that we can depend on. So, God, we put our full trust in you. God, we thank you for keeping us thus far. God, continue to keep our body healed. Oh, God, continue to just to strengthen us where we may be weak. God, just build us up, oh, God, where we need to be built or any places that maybe have been torn. God, we ask you to just build us up, oh, God. Help us to be the people of God who you have called us to be. Help us to be the ones that you even return for in these last evil days so that we may reign with you. God, we thank you. We praise you and we love you and we'll forever give your name all the praise. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. At this time, we're going to have our announcement for Purpose Kingdom Network. All right. Uh, outstanding show, Minister Colvin. Uh, really enjoyed tonight's uh, episode. <clears throat> Real quick, without going to the announcements, this is the Project Purpose Kingdom Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are. Whether you listen to us online or listen to us via phone, we greatly appreciate your listenership and your support of us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. And we also thank those that share with their friends and family members, letting them know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air. Anytime we do a live broadcast, we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. When we do a live show, you can uh, also, we do have a caller number, which is 319-527-6091. You can press the, the number one at any time so you can talk to any one of our hosts. Also, if you want to go to any of our past shows, you can also go back to that same website, www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. All you have to do is type in the show name or the host name, and you can hear that show in its entirety and at your convenience. Uh, we also invite you to like us on our Facebook page, which is under Purpose Kingdom at Facebook. There you'll see our upcoming shows and advertisements and as well as uh, some major announcements on that social media pages as well as others. We're also on Instagram and Twitter, and we go under Purpose underscore Kingdom. All right? And uh, also we invite you to like us, uh, I mean, to uh, try out our radio show, which is PKN.com, where you can hear 24 hours of music inspiration. Okay, and with God's will and God's blessing, we will return to you tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour, and we're going to have this show, The Dwelling Place, and it's going to be hosted by Minister uh, Dominique Hudson. Once again, with God's will and God's blessing, we'll be joining us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for The Dwelling Place, and that's going to be hosted by Minister Dominique Hudson. Okay, and with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements, and uh, we're going to turn the show back over to Minister Colvin. All right. Thank you, Brother Rob, for those announcements. 
So I would like to take this moment to thank each and every one of you who have tuned in to all of our online listeners. Thank you for logging on and joining in for another episode. Thank you to everyone who called in and listening. Um, And listen, Um, just want to say, you know, I appreciate it. I don't take it lightly. Don't take it for granted because, you know, you you don't have to because I know it's a big old Tuesday evening and everyone is probably getting ready for the next day, but I appreciate you tuning in. And if you would like more information about myself or about One Touch Transformation, you can find more information about us on the social media outlets. So um, primarily on Facebook. So if you go on Facebook, you will find me under Arsenius Jackson Colvin. And it is a public page, so, you know, you can find out what's going on with uh, different engagements. Um, if you want to find out more about One Touch Transformation, you can just type in One Touch Transformation, and it's right up on Facebook. Or you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter. Um, yes, same name, Arthenius J. Arthenius J. Colvin. And so um, feel free to connect and follow and learn some more interesting things about me. Um, also, I do have I do have an engagement coming up in July, which I'll share more about it as it gets closer. I'm still talking about sexual abuse awareness, so um, and we'll be starting starting back up with one such transformation as well. So um, can't wait to start planning for our 10-year celebration. You know, could not have done it without the help of God and without the help of great supporters and the volunteers, the the board, and everyone who's just been such a huge play or played a, a huge role in the organization. So I'm forever grateful for, for that, um, especially my family, my church family, my um, close friends, and last but not least, my husband. So I am very appreciative of all of you who have supported the cause. And like I said, none of this has been about me. It's all been about, you know, service and, and, and God's glory. So Again, thank you so much. And some of these last two minutes, just want to continue to encourage you, whatever you were petitioning God for. Um, we talked about Hannah. You know, we read the story it's in First Samuel chapter 1 and, and gain some encouragement and really dig into the type of woman that Hannah was because, you know, if we were in her shoes, like, could we have done the same thing? Would, would we have had the same attitude that she had? But, you know, it's a a great story that gives us encouragement, especially when we're talking about when we're petitioning God for things that we need or what we want. So just continue to keep that in mind, um, having the right attitude towards God, even when when things happen to us, it wasn't our fault. And, you know, having the right motive, which it should always be, uh, or point back to God and God's glory. So. Again, um, I hope you were encouraged. I hope something that I said uplifted you and, and motivated you and help will help you on your prayer journey. But I hope you have a wonderful evening or rest of the night. Hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. And if you're available, if you're free, tune in again tomorrow night with Purpose Team Network where you can be encouraged even more. So with that being said, that's going to do it. So have a good night. Jesus led. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. He saved me.